it almost feels like the secret sauce of success as you scale is trimming down and simplifying things. And so what I realized at that point was like, okay, I'm on YouTube. Now I'm doing these podcast episodes. I'm also on TikTok and Instagram. And, and, and I have like clients, like it just felt like a lot. And I realized that that was also what was kind of potentially preventing me from scaling up my time. What gets measured gets improved. When you decide to become laser focused on your YouTube analytics, you can start to see improvements in your views, your subscribers, and even your profits from YouTube. But which ones should you actually look at? Which ones matter? And how do you know if you are winning? Well, in today's episode, we are continuing the conversation with our friend and fellow creator, Vanessa Lau, and she breaks down the five analytics she used to get over 25 million views on her channel. My name is Heather Torres, and you are listening to the Think Media Podcast, the number one podcast to help you grow your influence on YouTube and then turn that influence into a high impact and a high profit online business. Today's episode is brought to you by our free YouTube 1K Challenge. This is a live and highly interactive challenge where you will learn how to get your first 1,000 subscribers and earn your first $1,000 on YouTube. You'll get the new strategies and learn exactly what's working on YouTube right now. And we're gonna be doing free YouTube trainings every single day with actionable steps challenges for you to do so that you can watch your YouTube views and subscribers grow. Don't miss the opportunity to jumpstart your YouTube channel and you can save your spot for the Tube 1K Challenge by going to tube1kchallenge.com right now. Now, today's episode is a continuation of the conversation that Sean Cannell and fellow YouTube creator Vanessa Lau had last week here on the podcast, and she walked through what happened when her YouTube channel stopped working. Now, if you've not been introduced to Vanessa Lau yet, you must go and watch her. She's an amazing YouTube creator who started by working in a corporate environment, hating her job, and now creating a successful multiple seven-figure online business with with over 500,000 subscribers and 25 million views on YouTube. She's building a thriving community as well as a team in her home office in Canada. So last week, Sean and Vanessa really talked about the emotional side of that dip. What happens when your YouTube channel stops working and what should you do to get yourself back on track? And in today's episode, we're walking through the five analytics that Vanessa looked at when she started to see that dip, her YouTube channel breaking, and how she was able to overcome that, and also the analytics she was looking at in her business to see, was she really failing, or was this just something happening on YouTube? After that conversation, I'll come back on and we'll get into a couple of the action steps for you to take away from today's episode. What are the analytics that you actually pay attention to and how do you measure success on YouTube? But in a second, I also then want to kind of extrapolate out and talk about how you measure success in your business overall, because while they're connected, they're actually, they're not, they're not the same thing. There there's two entirely different, like, you know, how are we keeping score if you will, but let's focus first on analytics for you. What are maybe the one, two, three, seven analytics that you really like to look at that you kind of gauge as whether or not your channel is making an impact or not? 
Yeah, well, I try to keep things simple. But before I answer that, I think that it's it ties into your second question. I think that for those listening, it's really important to understand why you started a YouTube channel because everyone's got different goals. So for example, like I have a business where I sell like digital programs and all of that. And YouTube is a way for me to get more traffic and more leads to my business. For you, if you're like an influencer and you're using YouTube as a way to push like affiliate marketing, then like your goals might be different there. So that's just one preface. And we can dive into that a bit more. But for me personally, I I like to keep things simple. So I just look at that YouTube funnel. <laughs> that's uh, When you go into your, your creator studio, you go to analytics, you hit reach, and then you've got that funnel. I really love the new creator studio layout, even though it tells you to your face how you're doing. And sometimes it can be painful and it hurts. But I do appreciate how it's laid out because I think now more than ever, more than at least two years ago, it's actually a lot easier to understand what's actually going on in your channel. So when I talk about that funnel, when you hit that reach button, you're going to see this like upside down triangle almost. And it basically tells you like the top five metrics that YouTube actually like cares about. So the first one is impressions. How many times are people actually seeing your video being served to them, whether it's in search, homepage, whatever else. And then it goes down to your click through rate, you know, of those times that they saw your video, you know, on the internet, how many people actually clicked it. So I think that's really important to gauge because now you can understand whether or not your thumbnails, your title, or maybe your topic is actually effective. Then it funnels down to, I believe, like views. So of those people who clicked it, how many people actually like watched a good, like watched your video and not just clicked it and left like immediately. And then afterwards it funnels down to view duration. So after you get the view, you obviously want someone to watch your whole video or as much of the video as possible. So view duration is really important because, you know, if you're spending a bunch of time creating one hour long videos and maybe you're pouring money into it and like you have video editors or maybe you're actually like spending more time in your workflow than you need to, to create videos that are an hour long. But when you look at your um, analytics and you see that people are only watching 10% of your video, then you're probably either wasting a lot of money or time or some sort of resource. You're not really optimizing it there. And that data is going to be very important for you to see that. Or even let's say if you, you do, um, maybe you're a business owner and you have call to actions within your video. And maybe at the end of the video is only when you start talking about your product or whatever else or whatever you want to promote. And then you notice that most people don't even get to the end of the video then you're you're not meeting your goal as a business owner of getting more leads to your business, are you? And so I really like looking at view duration. And then um, the last thing after view duration is, okay, of all the people that watch your videos, what's your watch time? You know, what's the total amount of hours that you've accumulated on your channel? Because, you know, even like, especially if you're listening to this and you're not monetized, you know that in order to get monetized, YouTube looks at how much watch time you've got and how many subscribers you have. You, everyone kind of knows that watch time is pretty important in the eyes of YouTube. And so again, luckily the creator studio makes it so easy for you. Everything I'm saying is literally like in one page for you to see. And those are typically the top five that I pay attention to because to me, it feels like that's what YouTube pays attention to. That was like a nice mini masterclass there. Those five metrics. If you can, <laughs> if you can also raise up your click through rate, 
and you can raise up your average view duration, um, then YouTube is saying, hey, those are kind of the two metrics that are going to determine if we give you more impressions. And and you keep your eyes on those metrics, then theoretically, your channel will continue to grow. Uh, you know, a couple other ones that I think can also be interesting is not just how many top line views is your channel getting, but how many unique viewers are you getting a month? Or how many returning viewers versus new viewers are you getting? Um, and then on a macro, I use vidIQ when I'm doing channel reviews to just actually look at the dashboard and they just have three that they kind of overlay for any, even if you will, somebody else's channel, a competitor's channel, a stranger's channel, somebody's channel you want to study. It just says how many subscribers in the last 38 days, how, or 28, how many views and how many uploads. And I think even measuring the correlation of, you know, if it's no new uploads, then you might have your performance go down. If you upload four videos in a month, great. If you upload eight, maybe you'll double your views. Sometimes we say you'll double your views if you double your uploads. Of course, that correlation is not one-to-one -one because it might be a lot of old videos in your library, but all these different levers can, of course, influence whether our views are up or down, whether YouTube feels broken or not to us. But I do want to pivot now because the health of your YouTube channel, quote-unquote, may not actually signify the health of your business. And I do think that a lot of YouTube creators can become myopic by actually looking at what could be vanity metrics. Because if you are not looking at your profit and loss as a business owner, essentially, or your income statement, or things that might be also harder to measure, but your culture of your team, once you start building a team, your meant your own health, you know, it'd be like, it'd be one thing to, oh, I uploaded 20 videos this month and almost killed myself. So of course there's like all kinds of almost IQ, EQ metrics. And I do think that we need to be thinking a lot bigger when we define success as a YouTube entrepreneur, a content entrepreneur. So you alluded to that, dive into that a little bit uh, in terms of maybe how you measure success in your business overall. Yeah. I, I look at sales like, because that's what keeps the lights on, right? Like I've got a team. I'm also like, even if I didn't have a team and let's say I have um, my YouTube channel, I'm also pouring a lot of money over time on this channel. I do want to make sure that I make it back in some way. And so for me with my programs, I look at, you know, how many people have we actually enrolled this month? How many sales have we made? What's the recurring revenue on that? Um, those are things that I measure as a business owner and profit. Right. And that's kind of what triggered, you know, in the beginning of this interview, you asked me why I made that video. That's when I realized something wasn't adding up because it almost felt like I was spending more money on my YouTube channel. And I wasn't seeing like an increase in enrollments because of those extra additional investments that I made on my channel. It's not like I was seeing an increase. I was just kind of maintaining the same. So if I'm spending so much on my channel and like my sales are more or less the same, then I'm eating into my profit. And that's not making sense. And when I looked at my data and my stats, I'm like, wait, the videos that were more scrappy and had let, like, I poured less, like, you know, money on, on it. And I just showed up as myself and I just shared the dang content. You know, I actually can lower my, my, my cost here. And if I, even if I maintain the sales, at least my profit's better. Right. And so those are things that I, I really pay attention to, um, to truly measure my success in business. Cause again, um, there's no mission without margin is what I like to say. Like if you have a big mission 
as a content creator or as a business owner, actually, you want to change the lives of so many people. I think that's, I think at the heart of it, that's why most content creators start being on YouTube is because they want to share the things that they know about. They care about people. And if you are, if you're lucky enough that you're able to monetize that and you're also able to get paid from that, I think that's awesome. But you have to realize that in order for you to feel your mission, you need to have margin. You need to have money coming in so that you can expand your team and create more content because eventually you might outgrow your own little one person operation and you're not able to, let's say, if, let's say you work with clients or let's say you sell products or whatever else, you're not able to do everything just yourself. And if you really want to grow your business, you got to have the money to be able to do that. I love that. And I'm curious, I'm sure listeners are maybe wondering too, they're, they're probably trying to budget for their channel. Some are doing everything themselves right now. So it's sweat equity. They're shooting, they're editing, they're really keeping it lean and mean, maybe trying to get some income um, coming in so they can reinvest. You have a whole business model and a business bigger than YouTube. So you see this investment into YouTube, maybe into gear or team, but actually break it down for us. I'm curious, what like what are maybe even some numbers you were thinking about what what were you devoting towards youtube and then you hit this thing to say okay now i need to determine if this return on investment was worth it and again i guess we ultimately are all asking is the return on investment of either one of two things our time and we probably all have to invest our time because even you got to be on camera create the content but also then money you're like well i'm going to hire an editor or maybe try to speed up workflow or try to improve my production quality so going into this season what was the investment you were calculating so it really started with my podcast, actually, because what I wanted to do differently with my podcast was I wanted to make it into a video form and post it on YouTube. So it almost felt like I was doubling my uploads on YouTube. And as a result of that, because I wanted the videos to have like all the fanciness, pretty much the same type of quality almost that I had for my YouTube videos, it almost felt like I was doubling my investment every month. So my invoice, let's say, would double because I doubled the uploads, right? And so there was like a number that I could see that clearly changed from before. And that made sense to me at the time. But then as I started uploading, I realized, wait a second, like my sales or my enrollments aren't necessarily doing any better. The views aren't necessarily like contributing much more. And also when I surveyed my audience, most of them weren't even paying attention to the videos. And so I had enough data to tell me like, oh, okay, this might not be working out. Now, another thing too, and the reason why it was clear to me that the, at least the way that I was doing it wasn't right, um, was I tested it for at least three months. So that's one thing that I think is really important for listeners to know is when you are implementing something new, you don't want to like judge the result based off of like the first three videos and like, okay, I'm going to stop this strategy because it's not working. You know, it might be, it might work but you just need more time with it. Um, and so for me, I think I, I did at least three months, like three to six months almost of content um, and still not seeing a lift in much. Um, and I did surveys and I polled people and I asked them and it wasn't a considerable amount of, like it just didn't make that big of a difference, if that makes sense. And so that's when I knew like, okay, something's not, not adding up here. And I have to either like, change the way that I'm doing the workflow. Maybe instead of making all the videos superly edited, I like reduce that. Or maybe instead of thinking a two hour long podcast episode or a two hour long video is what's going to be great on YouTube. Maybe I shorten it 
so that it would work well. Um, but even after a few months of testing, it just didn't necessarily feel like that was where my focus needed to be at the time. Um, and also like something that I've learned as I've grown as a content creator and as a business owner at the same time is I find that it almost feels like the secret sauce of success as you scale is trimming down and simplifying things. And so what I realized at that point was like, okay, I'm on YouTube. Now I'm doing these podcast episodes. I'm also on TikTok and Instagram and all these other things. And I'm running a business and I'm doing like all, and and, and I have like clients, like it just felt like a lot. And I realized that that was also what was kind of potentially preventing me from scaling up my time. And um, it almost felt like I wasn't listening to my own advice that I would share with other people is like, if you have all your eggs in all these baskets, you can't really go all in on one thing. And when I did my surveys, and I think that this, this feels like a very elementary tip, but I think at any stage in business, whether you are starting out and you got zero or whether you're at six figures, seven figures, eight figures, you should always have a checkpoint with your audience and like, do some market research. Like we launched a survey with our entire audience, both our customers and our non-customers. And we were, I was able to learn so much about why they, how they even get into my world and like what platforms are actually moving the needle. Uh, what are they actually paying attention to? What actually led them to buying and becoming a customer later on? And what I found was an overwhelmingly amount was Instagram and YouTube. Um, and so I realized at that point when I had the data, I was like, this is my bread and butter. Why am I trying to like do this whole podcast thing right now? Or why am I trying to like do this whole TikTok thing right now or doing all these different things? You know, maybe I should stick with my bread and butter and really make that really great. Uh, whether that's the content being better, whether that's, uh, I don't know, more frequent uploads or just being more attentive to it. Um, those were kind of the main learning lessons that I, I realized when it came to just evaluating what was worth the effort and what wasn't. Well, I hope that that conversation sparked some action steps for you to take. And the number one action step I'm going to ask you to do, Think Media fam, is get inside of your YouTube studio. I know there are a lot of numbers happening, a lot of tabs you can click on, but you starting to get really familiar with what matters most on your channel is going to be the difference of you winning and you losing. You've gotta know what do the winning numbers look like and where do you need to improve? So pick one analytic to look at over the next 30 days and try and increase that. Maybe it's just in the watch time. So are you making videos where people are watching longer, your average view duration? Or maybe it's the click-through rate. Do you wanna get a higher click-through rate? I want you to pick one analytic that you are going to actually look at for the next 30 days and try to improve. Now, I wanna thank you if you have been a part of the Think Media fam here on the podcast over the last several months and year. And I wanna say thank you to all of you who are brand new. This might be your first time listening to the podcast. I wanna say welcome. You are in the best place to grow your influence on YouTube. And I have an ask, and that is if you can go and rate and review the podcast over on iTunes. It helps us so much if you do that. We have over 400 now, and I'm trying to get that number to 600. So if you can help me do that, it would be amazing. I'm gonna feature today on the podcast WH Main, 
left this review over there and said, the podcast to listen to if you want to grow. This podcast is a practical, no-nonsense guide to being successful on YouTube. It is packed with interviews and information from people who are actually doing it. Every week, there is something new to think about and apply to your business. Think Media's podcasts are easy to listen to, engrossing, funny, and entertaining all at the same time. You don't want to miss one video if you care about your YouTube channel. And nope, no one paid me to say this. It's the absolute truth. Yes, no one paid him to say that, and I'm so excited that he did because this is what he said that really sparked me. He said that every week there is something new to think about and apply to your business. We want you to be creating a thriving business with your YouTube channel. It starts with making your first video, but we want you to be thinking about the big picture. How can you turn that influence into a high impact and a high profit online business? The creator economy is booming and you are in the right place to learn exactly how to maximize that for what you want in your life. Thank you so much for being a part of what we're doing here at Think Media and we will catch you in the next episode. Bye. Are you ready to start or grow your YouTube channel? Do you feel stuck and need help connecting the dots? Join this free web class where you'll learn the step-by-step playbook for YouTube success. We've helped thousands of purpose-driven entrepreneurs just like you grow their influence with video. Register today for this exclusive training at thinkmasterclass.com.